Welcome to Plastic Surgery Pearls. I'm Dr. Malik Cuddy, a board-certified plastic surgeon in Houston, Texas. On this podcast, we discuss topics related to all aspects of plastic surgery, from different procedures, who's doing them, what to look for in a doctor, concerns about safety, post-operative care, and much more. Today, I'm talking about facial contouring and how it can be done with minor procedures as opposed to major surgery. Instead of contouring with makeup every day, contouring can be done permanently and with a better appearance. We generally see certain facial shapes as attractive. That's not to say that other shapes are unattractive, but our eyes are drawn to particular lines and angles. It's no different than what we generally find attractive in architecture and even in nature. As far as the human face goes, symmetry is probably the first thing that's perceived as attractive. Another factor is facial lines and angles. In addition to symmetry, definition draws attention. That definition is most important in specific areas, namely the cheekbones, jawline, and nose. Look at photos of attractive celebrities and you'll find that they have strong definition in those areas in common. Now the average person doesn't have a whole lot of definition in those areas. People do things like makeup contouring to create that definition artificially. Some of the goals of makeup contouring are to make the jawline, cheekbones, and nasal lines stand out. There are some simple procedures that can be done to produce definition in those areas. To keep things simple, I'll focus on cheekbones and jawline. When you get a chance, look at a picture of a human skull online. Look at the cheekbone in relation to the jawbone. You'll see that they're parallel. When those parallel lines are visible, it's often seen as an attractive facial feature. Unfortunately, the tissues of the cheek contain enough fat to hide those lines. In order to make those lines visible, you've got to do something to reduce the amount of tissue hiding them and reveal their shape. So let's talk about the cheekbones first. What we want is to have the cheekbone line separate from the rest of the cheek below it. Liposuction doesn't work very well for this purpose, but it just so happens that there is a ball of fat below the cheekbone and deep within the cheek. This is called the buccal fat pad. You may have heard of it because it's been getting a lot of attention among celebrities lately. By the way, in this case, buckle is spelled B-U-C-C-A-L and not B-U-C-K-L-E like on a belt. The word buckle refers to the cheek. The buckle fat pad is a small piece of fat that doesn't serve an important purpose, so removing it doesn't cause a problem. Taking the buckle fat pad out creates a very slight depression just below the cheekbone, which makes the straight contour of the cheekbone visible. The subtle shadow below the cheekbone and the faint light reflection on the top of it make it really stand out. That effect is the goal of makeup contouring. You get high, well-defined cheekbones by removing the buccal fat pad. Removing the buccal fat pad is done through a small opening on the inside of the cheek, so there are no external incisions. It's generally done with local anesthesia and takes about 20 minutes in the office. The more complex area to improve is the jawline. Like the cheekbones, jawline definition comes from a subtle light reflection on the side of the jaw and a shadow below it. For that to show, there has to be a fairly dramatic angle between the side of the jaw and the area beneath it. Because that area is continuous with the double chin area, that has to be flattened too. In order to see the angle of the jaw, that also has to be shaped. Achieving all of this is best done with liposuction. Liposuction allows precise removal of fat below the jawline, behind the angle of the jaw, and in the double chin area. It doesn't take much fat removal to get the desired shape. Like with cheekbones, makeup contouring of the jaw simulates a light reflection and shadow to make the line straight. In my practice, I use a very small cannula to remove minor amounts of fat from very specific areas to create a desired shape. For the jawline itself, I take out as much fat as possible from right below the jaw, but leave most of the fat above the jawline in place. That creates more contrast between the cheek and what's called the submentum, which is the area under the jawline. I use the same small cannula to take out as much fat as possible from behind the angle of the jaw to make the corner stand out. That area actually has very little fat in most people, but using liposuction allows taking fat as well as some of the connective tissue out of there to make it sink in a little. 
Flattening the double chin is pretty straightforward and it's done with the same small cannula. The idea is to get all of these areas to blend together to create a smooth contour that's well-defined. Now what are the limitations of facial contouring? We tend to focus on the fat that we can pinch between our fingers, but that's only part of what forms the shape of our face. Under the skin and fat are bones and muscles that we really can't do anything about. When I see patients about facial contouring, I'm looking not only at the amount of fat they have in different areas of their face, but also at what the underlying structures are like. The double chin area is a great example of this. There are muscles that are like a sling across the undersurface of the jaw. In some people, that muscle is tight and flat. If they have a double chin, it's almost all because of fat. That fat can predictably be sucked out and leave a nice shape. What we see at that point is a uniform layer of fat sitting over a flat muscle and no remaining double chin. Another group of people has muscle that sags or is just rounded. They may look just like the last person I described, but the reason for their neck shape is very different. If I suck all of the fat out of this person's double chin, I'd be left with someone that still has a double chin but smaller. That double chin can't be totally eliminated. Now I see a lot of patients by video consult. I can't actually touch their skin and see where their muscle is. For them, there are some specific maneuvers I have them do so I can get a better idea of what their muscle shape is so I can tell them if double chin liposuction would work for them. There are also some structures called submandibular glands. These are salivary glands that sit near the sides of the neck. They're right at the edge of the double chin area. They might not be obvious when looking at someone preoperatively, but after fat is suctioned from the neck, someone with prominent submandibular glands will have some small bulges remaining there. This is a hard thing to figure out ahead of time, especially in someone with a large double chin. The combination of shaping the cheekbones and jawline produces two well-defined parallel lines which are generally seen as attractive. These procedures are not major surgery at all. They can be done with local anesthesia and cause only a little discomfort. The greatest impact on overall facial shape is achieved by doing cheekbone and jawline contouring together. This is Dr. Malik Cuddy at Lux Plastic Surgery in Houston, Texas. I hope this information is helpful. If you have questions, you can email me at info at luxplasticsurgery.com. That's L-U-X-E plasticsurgery.com. You can also call us at 281-313-0551. Check out my website at www.luxplasticsurgery.com to see some before and after pictures of these procedures so you can get a better idea of what I'm describing. Please also check out my other podcasts for lots more information on all topics in plastic surgery.